Sacred Teachings, the original podcast series. Wisdom of the Land, Path to the Stronghold, Dismantling Racism, Stolen, Stories of Suicide, and the Other Pandemic. Listen, Learn, Share. Zago, scan I'm Ginny Doctor, and this episode, it's me again. Here at Six Nations. I'm a fighter. I've always been a fighter. Uh, people who know me know that. Uh, and they know I'll just keep on fighting as long as I can. Um, and heck, you know. Ask people like Mark McDonald, he'll tell you. <laughs> he'll tell you what a fighter I am. That's Ginny Doctor in 2014. Now at the time, Ginny was quite literally in the middle of a fight for her life. We'll hear more about that experience and what Ginny learned from it. I'm Peter Downey, and this is the final episode of the season of Ginny. There were some who, who had given up on me. They didn't think I was going to make it. Um, there was one or two people who said I was an hour from death. If I hadn't gone in when I did, I, I could be six feet under by now. So hearing all that was a little, was a little scary. Scary is an understatement. In July of 2014, Ginny suffered a complicated health crisis and was close to death for days. Her recovery was slow and painful and it took several months. When Ginny was asked about what got her through it, here's what she said. There were lots of people uh, during that time who really wanted to help me live and who did what they could to, uh, to bring me to bring me out of that state I was in. And for that, I'm thankful, you know, because without them uh, giving the care that they did, I probably wouldn't have made it. And of course, family and friends were just incredible. They were there to support me in prayers. Uh, the prayers went out across the world, according to Mark. You know, people in New Zealand were praying. Um, so I, ha I had a lot of people praying, and I really believe that's what pulled me through. As Ginny regained her strength, she began to develop an even deeper sense of purpose and urgency. Now, she would need both in the face of some intransigent institutional resistance. What propelled her fierce determination was a newfound conviction that she was alive for a reason. I keep thinking about, uh, you know, where, where I'm going from here, you know, where am I going? I know there are certain things that I still need to do in terms of working with Mark and, and Church House and Indigenous Ministry, but I think there's something beyond that too, but I don't know what it is. God's preparing me for something. Um, I just have to figure out what it is. and you know, through prayer and uh, other discernment. When Ginny spoke those words in 2014, she of course had no idea what the next seven and final years of her life would hold for her, how that calling would evolve. Here's Archbishop Mark MacDonald. I think that 
she felt that the work that she had to do involved preparing the next generation for leadership. I think that that was very urgent for her. The work that she did with Anglican Video and creating that understanding for people is definitely a part of what she felt was critical. And then the the work on self-determination and creating the understanding, those were the things that, that were most important to her. But also, I think, because she had experienced those things in her own life in the way that uh, other people had mentored her. But she saw those, and if I can use this word, strategically as being critical to the life that Indigenous Church was going to have in the future. Prior to 2014, Ginny had devoted her entire adult life to working with and ministering to Indigenous people. In central New York State, where she was raised, in Alaska, where she spent many years as a missionary, and finally with the Anglican Church of Canada. So many of her skills and talents were honed throughout these years as a writer, musician, a preacher, and an educator. But Ginny had another talent, one that was perhaps most critical to the work that would consume her final years. Mark explains what happened in Alaska. She was very skilled at so many things, bringing people together, setting up things, organizing meetings. And so she was sitting, this great contributor, this great organizer in a diocese that was desperate for those kind of skills. They just completely ignored her, um, even though uh, she was in position to be known and understood and seen, but completely, completely uh, ignored. So long before I was bishop, I was told by the leadership, I visited there on behalf of the National Committee on Indian Work many, many years before I was the bishop, and I was told by the leadership, the Native people here, they just don't participate in the, in the meetings. One of the leaders said to me, I don't even know why they need to come. They don't listen. They don't participate. They're just not involved. I found this painful to hear. I didn't say anything about it, but I knew that that was not a Native problem, even though it was presented as a Native problem. When I became the Bishop of Alaska, my first a meeting, diocesan convention as bishop, I had the same thing happen. All of the non-native people said, Bishop, the native people, they just don't participate. They don't say anything. They don't involve themselves, you know. We put them on committees, and they don't say anything. They don't contribute. I don't even know why they come. This was the common, I wouldn't say wisdom, and Ginny, again, whose capability and capacity was completely ignored. I sat down with her a a few months before the diocesan convention, and I said, Ginny, I want you to to design the convention. And she said, sure. And so she designed it. Uh, She designed all of these ways of having people express themselves instead of 
having committee meetings, uh, they would draw something. Instead of having a committee meeting, they might uh, express themselves through motion and that sort of thing. To everybody's shock, Native people just went nuts. They, they, not, they not nuts. They, they uh, became so involved that they absolutely dominated the convention. Uh, you couldn't stop them from talking. It was almost impossible for a non-Native person to get a word in edgewise. It was just extraordinary. Jenny, who designed the whole thing, sat quietly in the background, making sure that everything went as planned, but took a very behind-the-scenes role and quietly did this and was able to do something that spoke prophetically in opposition to what was the common opinion of the diocese experience for for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. It was it was absolutely extraordinary. And I was so happy, I was so delighted. The amazing thing that happened was <laughs> there was just a thunderous backlash. Bishop, we can't allow the native voice to be the only voice that's heard in the diocese. Um, we have other people in the diocese other than native people. We have, to, we have to be able to hear other people be involved and so on and so forth. So... <laughs> So all of a sudden, Native people, who, by the way, were a majority uh, in the diocese, all of a sudden they were too, too, no too noisy, too loud, too, too expressive of their feelings. So we had to scale back. We had to uh, create a kind of hybrid, or, or other the, otherwise the non-Native people would feel overwhelmed. This was the kind of thing that she was able to do had the capacity to do, had the insight and the foresight to do that people just ignored. And she did without question, without gloating, without uh, any other way she was just able to do. And when I told her that everybody was really upset that we couldn't get uh, Native people to shut up, uh, she just smiled. So this, I think, is an example of the kind of ministry and work that Ginny was capable of, and also uh, some of the things that she had to, to fight all her life. She knew what needed to be done. She knew how to do it, but wasn't given the opportunity. In those rare moments when she was given the opportunity, she wasn't given the credit or the, the recognition. For much of it, she simply did it because she knew it was right, not because people were saying, good job, Jenny. I've always been a, a behind-the-scenes kind of person, um, more interested in uh, making sure that what gets said, or what needs to get said, gets said. And I don't really care who says it. If I have to say it, I will. But if I can get other people to say it and do the work, that's fine with me. You know, it's all about empowering our leadership to take responsibility uh, and, and to claim that ministry that God has called them to do. Empowering others. 
This is the theme that forms a thread to the narrative of Ginny, and it was the dominant theme in the final years of her life. She let me run with my strengths, regardless of whether it was in my job description or not. That made me feel uh, smarter and part of a team. I think she brought the best out of every human being. I worked with Ginny for many years. Uh, she's the executive producer on a number of projects, uh, including Stolen Lands, Strong Hearts, the documentary about the Doctrine of Discovery. Ginny was a superb collaborator. She constantly surprised us with different, her, different take on things, with uh, great ideas, with sensitivity and kindness, but also with a real knack for elevating others, for finding the voice that hadn't been heard. That was Ginny. Those were the voices of Teresa Mandrix and Lisa Barry, longtime colleagues and friends of Ginny's. In the weeks and months since Ginny passed, the tributes and accolades to her work and to her life have arrived in a steady stream. The impact of her loss will be felt for years to come, but the impact of her accomplishments on this earth cannot be lost. May Ginny rest in peace and rise in glory in the resurrection. May our memory of Ginny continue to be a blessing for us all. May she always be an example to us in our own Christian life as we witness to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Having the privilege to work with her on the Promise Commission was a moment of learning as she expressed the truth. And at the Sacred Circle, Ginny honored the symbol of the cross to the respected elder who requested it. Ginny always seen above what people didn't. She was a gift of love and truth. I just wanted to, to express how thankful I am to Ginny for taking me under her wing as a priest and also bringing my church family in to become a part of her ministry in the Gospel Jamboree. Ginny will never be forgotten, especially her ministry, how it just has reached out so far right across the world. And I'm just so thankful that I got to share in that part of her life. And now, the last word belongs, of course, to Ginny. A prayer, and because she never took herself too seriously, a song. I'm Peter Downey. Thanks for listening. Every morning I pray with tobacco, and I offer that prayer now. Creator, I give thanks for this day, for all the gifts you provide to us for our journey upon Mother Earth. I pray to you for goodness, for the safety of all my relations, both family and friends. I pray that we continue to be strong and that we continue to dream. Scano and blessings to all. Well, isn't it a pity that I'm not the prettiest girl in the world? But sometimes I feel when I kick up my heels in the sun, I'm the loveliest one. Is that good? <laughs> Until then, scan on. Oh, nah.